Hey family, welcome to another episode of my Family Money Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Lebohang Mehlomakulu. We all know her by Lady Love Bug One on Instagram. Lebohang is a digital content creator. She's a mom, she's a wife, she's a speaker, she's a founder of Cleaning Grip Shoe Laundry. She's also the founder of Married Girls Club, which we all love the events that she hosts from time to time. Well, the Married Girls um, only. Anyway, some of us will just keep on sabawelling. So let's get straight into it. Uh, let us know who is Ulebo and um, where did you grow up? Um, what are you currently doing? And what were the money conversations when you were growing up? Ulebo is a young, driven, 31-year-old woman living in South Africa and married and is a mommy. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of the north of Johannesburg and then later on moved to the the East Rand and my dad was an accountant is an accountant still uh my mom a saleswoman so the many conversations at home let me start with background. With my dad, he went to school, he studied, he, he studied accountancy, became a CA uh, later on in life, and started his own practice. My mom was always a chaser of, of money. So anything she could sell, she'd sell. But mostly she, was, she became, she took managerial positions at Tupperware to the big boss to, you know, she really climbed the ladder and she was, I mean, Tupperware queen at the end of the day. Then later on in life, my dad was like, no, she kept on having children. I think on the third one, which was me, my dad was like, no, you work it too much with the kids, let me take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's when she, she laid down all the plastic and she then became a mommy, full-time mommy, full-time housewife. Um, while dad was out there just chasing money, making money. Then he started his own practices and his own firms, the mm-hmm. accountancy and then hired people. So my background with, with finances is always you don't have to work for somebody. You need to start your you need to create your own door financially. Mm. Uh, my dad worked with people but um was more on that I need to build that door for myself and that was the conversation growing up what do you want to do from the cake sale at school to the entrepreneur day uh he was both of my parents are very pushy when coming to that so it was like nothing comes on a silver platter you need to work Mm. You know, and I think that's where I got my entrepreneurial spirit and started my first business, which failed. And then started my second business, which failed. And then I was like, nah, let me just find a 95. This is not working. At the same time, I'm not a 95 person. I'm over creative, you know, so that was a bit of a struggle. I'm not for corporate as well. I'm not built in that mm. dimension of things. And, um, 
I started looking into the creative side of things as to what can I do, what will work for me, and started looking at solving problems. I think that's one thing my dad always said. Solve a problem, you'll find mm-hmm. something. What yes. problem, what things that you find irritable, things you don't like. And funny enough, never thought of it. Never thought this would be my, something I'd make money of is when I started my sneaker laundry called Clean Grip Shoe Laundry because I had so many shoes and my helpers would like ruin them to the pits and to the bottom of the barrel and... I then was like, why not? No, why not look for a sneaker laundry? People who can help me with my shoes because my helpers are not doing justice. And then I found nothing in SA. And then I was like, uh, there's a gap. There's a space mm. in the market. And I told my dad, I'm like, I think I might be solving a problem. And then he's like, is there anything? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't seen. Even overseas at the time, there wasn't. And there was just your normal dry cleaning. And that's where I first then I think had my first real encounter making my own money Mm. like you know so the money conversation at home was always push work for yourself create your own door build your own door you know solve a problem employ so it comes in and it comes back and it regenerates and invest back into your dream Mm. Okay, so there were open uh, conversations when um, it comes to money. Finding that um, what you saying that um, solve a problem and you also looked if there was a gap. Um, currently reading um, also by T.D. Jakes and he's actually saying the very same thing to say, look at the market. So he's saying study the trends and um, see the direction and also in terms of you look what is one service that you are constantly looking for but it's not yeah. out there turn that into yeah. a business so i like i yeah. like what you're saying there um so um you said that um the conversations around money were always open is there anything that your parents didn't teach you that you would wish that they had uh, taught you when it comes to money It's really tough answering that because I was raised by an accountant. <laughs> Accountants are known for being stingy. Okay, I wish, funny enough, it's the contrary. I wish he could have said, live a bit more. Okay. I don't know, it's weird. But like, invest in also just living. Yes. Not just putting back into the business, not in just because you put back so much in the business, it doesn't even come back. Hmm. Where it's like, oh, this business thing is not for me. This money, this entrepreneurial thing is not for me. But it's okay to live just a little, to take yourself, to reward yourself. Yes. And funny enough, my parents were one to reward our family themselves a lot, but I don't think that was in the conversation. Yes. I saw it, but it was not in it. No, as much as you're making money, pilani, you know, don't, I would hover it. I'll, I'd hold it in. I don't want to spend. Because what if this, what if we don't have enough chemical products? What if this and that and that? What if this happens? Even with my previous failed ones. And, but it, one conversation I had with my dad that changed things was when he said he, 
he was asking me for money and I was like, I can't use the money I have because um, we have a gig next week with the boys with Nike and I don't know how that's going to go, if they're going to pay on time or not. So I'm putting that away in case things go south. And I've been doing that since the business started. And he's like, have you done anything for yourself since the business started? And I'm like, no, I just keep it all there. I don't even want to spend it on anything. Mm. And my dad's like money that's hovered and just stays there is money that goes so quickly that you actually don't see when you eventually do use it. Mm. And then I started looking at the trends. I do use so much money, products, da 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 and then, but sometimes there's not a feel good in me sometimes. Mm. It's like, okay, now I'm left with nothing. I didn't even, I didn't even buy myself an ice cream, lollipop, like something. I, I, something, each eye, just to say, congratulations, Gali Geek. You know, something. And for me, I feel, I felt like, I feel like if they had that conversation, more i saw it happen that's how my dad did with money but i didn't i don't think he preached it enough he was rather just work 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 push 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 uh invest put back failure is inevitable yeah it's business and you can even fail it was it was always just that but never to enjoy money and healthy healthily so yeah, I, I love that because I think um you don't want to be someone who has this tons of money, a big a bank account, but you are a miserable person because you never celebrate or you never spoil yourself. Yes, yeah. yes. So um you've just um celebrated your fifth year anniversary um with your husband, Juliander. Yes. Uh, uh, happy anniversary, yes. by the way. Um, Thank so, you. You and Uluyanda have practically known each other for the rest of your lives. Yeah. <laughs> practically, basically. Yeah. So um, in the dating phase, um, were there any money conversations that you were having and who introduced the topic of money? Definitely. Um, I'm an I'm a outright spoken person. And I get that from my mom. My mom is a speaker. She'll speak her mind and her feelings. And that's who I am. And along in dating, I told Rianda Guti, I was, our backgrounds are not the same. Are not the same. Mm. Um, I was raised by, I can say, an entrepreneur. Where money was to be spent and not kept. But spent in a, in a proper way. Um, he comes from a background where they're teachers and they're nine to fivers. Mm. So with money, things have to meet basic needs all the time. And then maybe Masek Figeli 15. Until the next, the next paycheck. So playing it safe extra safe so luxury wasn't a thing it if you we, we spent money on luxury it was a birthday you know it mm. was an anniversary maybe the parents but now corner is not an everyday thing it i mean it's not an every year thing because we need to raise and taxes lights you name it so 
he came from a very safe background financially and I came from a very wild one where I mean if if my dad would send a text and say dinner it is tonight it can be dinner for two days straight or three days straight in in the week Mm. and that's my sister celebrating a birthday my brother said because they celebrate birthdays after each other so we'll do it like in one week and holidays were not a th- it was mandatory in our family so money was respected but it was spent mm. and i came from with my husband not so much so now we had to fuse the two now we had to, i spoke about that I'm like i know and i respect your parents for they've achieved so much but now i feel like if we're married or we get into a serious commitment I'm just going to live up until paycheck to paycheck. That's going to worry me and that's going to scare me. And his concern was like, but now I'm, I'm afraid that when we get the paycheck, you're going to squander it, you know? And we're not going to meet our, 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 our requirements. But now what we then came to a conclusion too was that let Lou use my weakness as he's, let let his weakness be my strength and vice versa i know how to go out and get business and work and and i mean and take proposals out and get rejected and be fine and when they do come they bring in big chunks of money and now those big chunks of money can take care of things like holidays mm. and nice bags shoes you name it do something amazingly out of the normal and then with him he strengthens that babe we stick to the budget we pay our rental we take care of the electricity now that we have a child his basic needs are intact we're saving for his tuition one day and so those things were saving for a house so now we started using each other's strengths to help us go ahead and now also guarded each other's weaknesses financially. But only because we had that conversation, I mean, what? Um, a month into our relationship mm. to say, okay, how do you feel about money? Where do you see us? What, what do you, do you think you can spend so much on this? Do you think you can do that? You can, then you throw all your money into a business and then it fails. So we started having those conversations, which I think five years in, we've done a great job. And I still, and I go back to the, the story of mine as when we met, when we, after we got married and I had no sofa. And I was like, but we can just squander and just buy sofa and kill ourselves once. And he's like, no, we need to save for it. <laughs> no, babe, we need to save for it. It's like my dad can come in and despise the sofa. He's like, no, we need to, we need to save. And instead of just harboring money and keeping it in an account, in an account, my husband also taught me how to not just have it stay there and have nothing to do, but Mm. save it towards something. So, um, yeah, it was very important for us to have the conversation a month into our relationship. I'm not going to stay in a relationship where, yeah, we don't understand each other financially. And 
um the beauty about it is that we eventually met we 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 sorry my toddler <laughs> we came to common ground mm. okay um so um you about to uh get married you're preparing for your um wedding um, and Ulrianda yeah. loses his job um what, what were some of the challenges financially and how did you navigate that uh, period of your life it was tough. oh my god you're taking me back there yeah, i love the story because it's just like a champion story there was no more date night there was no more random gifts mm. <clears throat> um eating out even if it's in the hood even uh, when he comes home to my place, no fancy restaurants. We cut down on the expenditure of clothing. And, um, yeah, just so much. It was just cancelled out. But the beauty about it is because we had a common goal. Mm. And I had to adjust. In the beginning, I was like, babe, can we not even do McDonald's? But every little cent at that point counted he just had saved for amalobon for a keeper apelel so now my parents gave him and his family the traditional wedding we had the white wedding so he couldn't just leave it on his parents he had a big role to play in the traditional wedding as well you know and my parents had asked him to buy me a dress that's all the that was his requirement buy her a wedding dress we'll do everything else so the stress of that so it was just, babe, we need to cut things off. And we're not going to immediately move into our apartment after we get married. We can then move in between. Because I, I don't want you to be at home, ekaya, and feel like smothered or claustrophobic because you're, you, you're in unfamiliar territory, you know. So we can move between homes, you know, between yours. We can spend two weeks there, three weeks, but have our things both ways. This meeting... Common goals, just having dinners at home, home-cooked meals, less traveling, spending on, less spending on, on petrol, um, saving towards the wedding and saving now for stuff we're going to need even after like essentials, maybe things they might not get us as gifts when we eventually move into our new home. Um, so it was just cutting down on luxuries and the normal dating mm. just like now we're getting into a serious uh commitment in our lives and we need to be mature about things and that's what we did and it was it was it was pretty tough because we had to ask for help at certain points in in that to say mom dad mom dad on the other side luckily they understood and they could see the work we were putting in so it was easy for them to help us even financially at mm. any point Okay, I'm um, so you you got mar- married at a I would say relatively young age, and um I don't want to say expectations. There is that, for lack of a better word, expectation. Once you've um now um finished school, you need to do maybe something um for your parents, or maybe you feel that you need to do something for your parents, whether it be buying them a home or renovating yeah. or whatever. So when it comes to um you and uh, Buluyanda, 
since mm. you get, got married young, how did you navigate those um, situations where now you have to maybe assist a kaya and he also has to maybe assist a kaya? How did mm. you um, tackle that? So I always say that marriage... <laughs> Marriage is a knitting together and a tearing apart. He was knitting with me, which takes time. Knitting takes time. And tearing apart can happen immediately, but it's painful. And it can also take time because it's painful. And so you have to be easy about the tearing apart. So now having his mom, because I think two, three months after we got married, three months or so, he then got a job. Hmm. So things went back to normal. Um, the business was also now taking shape again, coming back and it was what I was running. But now it's not, it's, we're not back to where we'd want to be or we're not where we want to be financially. We've moved into a really small shoebox that accommodates me and him and a dog. And if you're a visitor, it would be great if you left because I don't want to be smothered that's how small it was and so we did that because we knew we could afford that and groceries could be this much and then we could probably have three date nights in a month or two and we were then saving up for a car but now that didn't eliminate habits from the parentals because hmm. then <clears throat> they would call and then say oh we're short of this, we're short of that. Can you help us out with a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, a thousand rand? <coughs> uh, other family members, not just our parents, even I feel like oh, were less disturbing when coming to us. I think they understood where we were, so they didn't really bother us, but other family members did. Mm. And if we had to find our no, we had to for the parentals thank them in the little things like I would randomly walk into a pick and pay or a woolies and buy myself maybe a flower for my for my uh, kitchen counter and then I'd buy two for Lou's mom as well mm. so we were now thanking them our black tax was maneuvered in the little things we were doing for them in between that they did not ask for so I think that's although black parents are black parents, but we were very fortunate that our parents were not in our faces like that or in our pockets like that. They did though ask, can you, can you, can you? And obviously we feel dif indifferently about, we feel differently about it. I'm thinking, but babe, is it necessary? But then that also drove a wedge a bit, maybe in the, in the first year, that, oh my gosh, I'm not being consulted. Or I thought we had so much money this month and now why haven't we paid for the Wi-Fi? Oh, because I had to help mom with this. Like, did we not, did you not think of having the conversation with me? Mm. Now I'm stuck here having to use data. You know, which is very expensive at the end of the day. And it was those minor turbulences he caps they don't seem minor then we were a new couple they seemed really big hmm. and but then we had to find our no we had to find 
we had to understand that it's all about us. We had to make them understand that we are also still at a process where we're finding ourselves financially. I had to sit five months without a sofa. And that's me finding myself in this institution called marriage. Him himself, randomly outings with the boys. My, my husband loves his friends. And when he, when we got married, it was still like, ah, 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 Pela. I'm going out with the boys. I'm going to go grab a beer. And he doesn't grab himself a beer. Only he'll grab a friend of his, and a beer, because I don't have money, boy. And then we're short during the month, where I'm more of a homebody. So now I was almost also like the accountant, like, but we use it so much. You went out, you spent unnecessary cash on this and that and that. But that was our first year, which was very hard in teething when coming to finances. Now we had to get the practicality of things. We practiced practiced it before we got married because then we took away everything for the wedding. It was a common goal. We got married. There's not such a big common goal now. Mm. You know, we're going to get a couch. We're saving. I can see the money. But now it's not a life. We don't have people. We haven't invited people into our home to come, you know, like the way people are coming now on the 30th of September. We have to have something happening. It wasn't that pressure anymore. So we could snip and use money there and there, but not not noticing that it actually is affecting us so much so but now five years later we find ourselves where we've got a balance between friends we've got a balance between family we found our no we know like continuing doing the little things for our parents in between so they feel appreciated there and there we stand our ground if we genuinely can't do it financially and we are unashamed and unapologetic about it okay um, and I know boundaries are, are very hard to, to enforce. I know it's easy to say um, have boundaries, especially when it comes to family, yeah. but it's actually something that is very hard to... to difficult, difficult, because they don't see... They don't see why you can't help them. Mm. I raised you. I fed you. Um, and now you're married and oh by the way it's never his fault on the other side it's you yes. that doesn't want yes you know? so, yes and it generally I go to Aiko Aiko the way it date night which are things I was not willing to do because I feel those are the things that will that would make me feel good. That would deal with my mental health, you know. I'd be healthy and I'd, mm. <clears throat> I'd deal with myself individually. Going out, finding a new restaurant or even just a picnic or even just driving to Pretoria Zoo. We didn't spend so much, but just the driving there is petrol. So that whether we're just going to walk around and buy a hot dog and buy an ice cream, for me, that was it. And they didn't get that, that, I had to sacrifice those things or he had to sacrifice certain things on his end if you guys wanted money. Mm. And I was, I was pretty selfish. I mean, that's why I didn't have a child in the first two years of marriage. I was like, we talked about it and like, are we having a child? When do you want to have a child timeline? I was like, I'd love it to be maybe in the third or fourth year. 
But specifically the third year, I remember both of us agreeing on the third year because I was too selfish. Because I knew there was a building that needs to be done. I don't just need a couch. I need a new bed. I don't want my old bed that I was sleeping on. I don't want to sleep on his old bed. There's many things that we wanted. Um, a new carpet, a new rug, um, curtains, and all those things took sacrifice. And some of them actually took some of our date nights. Mm. And then we had the business because then we became partners in the business. So sometimes the business would not make enough money and Lou would take it out of his salary. So those are the, the, the I can say sacrifices we had to make, but we had to be stern whether people liked it or not to say we can't do it because genuinely we don't have it. Mm. Um, so you are also the founder of our Married um, Girls Club and also yes. the, the shoe cleaning company. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to business or any um, venture you go into, there's a lot of pouring money into, into that. Um, what lessons yeah. have you learned as an entrepreneur? Sure. You're bound to fail. <laughs> the most sad part about it you're bound to fail your money is bound not to come back for sure for the next <clears throat> five years um a salary is not something you should be looking at um that uh the most unexpected things happen when running a business and it pours randomly and you need to source out money from god knows where thank God that my husband has a nine to five because mm. that's where I would personally run to. And I'd fairly run to my parents. My dad was a big funder of my business. Now our business. And I would run there. Uh, <clears throat> these parents would probably just, maybe we needed to get to a gig and we didn't have enough money enough to pick up all the boys to pick up, to pick them up and deliver them at their homes Lou's dad would give us the, the car and put petrol in it, you know. Mm. So very fortunate there. But, I mean, you just need to know that you're about to get your own hands dirty. Don't rush to employ anybody. Don't rush to have the most fanciest things. It's just, it's about starting. And starting can look very ugly. I still, till this day, watch sneakers. Um, it's become another love and an art for me when I see a sneaker transform or get it back to its original condition. But in the beginning, I didn't see it like that. For me, it was like, I just have to do it because there's no one to do it. I can't afford mm. anyone to do it. My husband would knock off from work at four or five and then he'd come back and we've got like 50, 60 pairs. And we'd wash them together. No premises, nothing. I'm using my dad's garage and using his water, I remember he used to say, you guys, one day you need to pay me for my water bill, you know? And so um, you, just, you just need to know that for the next God knows how many years, it's not about being fancy, but it's about getting the business up and running. And most of the things you have to do yourself, wash the sneakers, be the admin, be the accountant, um, be the marketing tool, just be everything. Mm. So you can bring it up. So it's, and 
the you do need to get rest. You know, I I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say you shouldn't rest. There's no time to sleep. If you don't sleep and you don't get enough rest, and that's what I did in the first year, and I was so fatigued, and I was like, I can't do this. I don't think I want this business anymore. That's because there was lack of sleep. Mm. I was up. I was piling myself with orders because it was about money. I need to get money. It shouldn't be. Yes, at the end of the day, it's about bringing in the right income, but more than anything, it should be a passion you have that leads to monetary things. So I started teaching myself, I need to rest. I need to sleep. So I can wake up, I can give the best customer service. I can, if somebody says their sneakers are cleaned well enough and I see that it is, I'm not going to give them an attitude because I'm very grumpy. I'll give them a smile and say, let me see what I can do. And that's all coming into the resting and taking time for yourself and not saying take off a whole week. No, you don't have that as an entrepreneur, but you do have eight hours of sleep. Mm. And sometimes you need to do that for yourself, recoup, reach in it. So you can even come up with more ideas, better ideas to improve your service. And me and my husband were just everything. For the longest time, it was just me. And then when he came in, um, it really, really lessened the load off my shoulders but still it was me and him all the way till now with COVID happening we had to downsize Mm. like and I mean downsize and from 10 working boys um we had to go to two because I mean sneaker cleaning is a luxury Mm. I can always just clean my own sneakers I don't need to go pay 280 to do it. Plus it pick up and delivery fee. So it wasn't a thing and people weren't moving around. It's just a lot. So we couldn't keep the guys like we used to. And so it was now two plus another two because I had now, I mean, stepped down a bit because of Ululibo. Mm. Uh, being a mother now, there's a change with that. I don't have much time as well. But I had to put on my big girl panties, have a schedule between Luli Balala or take him to my mom or my sister to wash the sneakers and help the other two guys while Habi is at uh, work. Luckily, he was here at home, but still, you know, you're working from home, you're in teams meeting until five yes, or six. Yes. And being at home, there's actually no time. Because your bosses be like, they can know your managers or supervisors be like, they can call it whatever time. So that was also annoying because I felt like he's here now and I thought it would be great, but he's actually working more than he would at the office. Mm. So now it was trying to balance the mommy washing sneakers and having the boys come over. With, I think I just take the risk of breaking curfew protocol. I mean, um, uh, uh, driving protocols and I'd just go pick them up and bring them back here and we'd wash the sneakers and then quickly dash them back and yeah so it's just you just have to be everything for your business yes. so uh, for those that don't know maybe if you can just um, maybe give us a brief explanation of what is a married girls club um, how can um people out there get hold of um, you and also their shoe business. If anyone wants to um, use your services, how do they get hold of you? Married Girls Club is a club formulated 
specifically for married women, but we do have events for single women with the demand of saying, but we want to be ready for when the time comes. So we've now opened it for single women, but the original idea was specifically for married women to get together because we then have issues and then don't realize how common our issues are. And you get stuck in a web or in a, an isolation room and you think you're the only girl or the only woman that's going through this in their marriage when there are tons of others who've been through worse or are currently going through the same thing you're going through. It was for them to let loose, have a good time, uh, get together, distress from the children and the wife and, and the husbands and sometimes get together with the husbands mm-hmm. and uh, have a good time and, and rekindle and re-spark what they have, check in as to how the marriage is doing. Are we good? Do we have any fractures or turbulences that we need to fix? And that's what Married married Girls Club is, is just strengthening the married woman and strengthening the marriage, more importantly. And now strengthening the single woman and teaching her that the most important time in your life is your single time, not being married. If there's anything, you need to enjoy being single. You never want to enter marriage as um, half done. Mm. You have to enter fully done. Because then whatever earthquakes may come and shake your marriage, you know that I know who Ulebu is Mm. in Christ, in whatever belief system you're in, or I know who my mom and my dad raised and I love all of me and I won't lose myself for certain things in marriage. So now we've really branched out into single women and that's also beautiful. Our page is up on Instagram because of COVID, obviously we haven't mm. had the ability to have our events and, but hopefully 2022 is much better than the past two years. We can open it up again. We're supposed to be starting our subscription um, in the next year, where women will receive packages every month, we'll do our annual trips and events for the year. That's also going to have that in our subscription. And um, yeah, we're on social media at Married Girls Club. And then I've got a clean grip shoe laundry that mm-hmm. I run with my husband. That was my baby. I'm now our baby. Um, hopefully, Lulibo wants to watch sneakers one day. <laughs> Uh, and doesn't turn his back on his mother and father and think this is such, this is slavery. <laughs> but I really hope so because his father and mother have a big love for it now. Um, we we wash, not even, I say we valet shoes. We, we do from stitching to increasing to stain removal to waterproofing. Um, uh, we pick up and we deliver within 48 hours unless there's a, a bigger problem with your shoe, then we let you know, then it's a later delivery. Um, we're now actually expand, expanding, can't say much about it, we're rebranding and so forth. And hopefully the next year as well could be really kind to our businesses, especially as small businesses, mm. for us to recuperate. And we were the first per people to launch in South Africa. I always take pride in that. I hate the whole first, first, first thing, but I'm like, actually, I'm taking this one. Yes, we were the first and we created an, yes, we created an industry. And it's good now to see, even you drive a Lokshini and you see 
um a board band or something shoe laundry and i'm like oh my god that is amazing and it makes me happy and other successful businesses around town in the burbs you see successful shoe laundries and i take pride in knowing that we created an industry and and we're going to take over and come back and sit on top yes. and keep reinventing and learning and having those other businesses that follow us learn from us because yes. i mean you can never take away an, an idea from somebody you know even though it's not totally original we've been nothing is an original we've yeah. always been washing sneakers but um reinventing is what has 2020 and 2021 has taught me and those were my that was my word for the year both years and a lot i heard about from this happening say a lot of things but for me it was a year of reinvention because we've been put into a state of change yes. and getting used to a certain normal and you'd have to find ways of making your business work and now i feel we've done that and now it's just putting in putting it into life so you find us also on social media at clean grip shoe laundry or uh or we have a number um an office number although it's telephonically a cell phone or 3451138 you mostly find Uluanda and then he books your sneakers or your shoes for shoes in because we also increase those as well and um we'll be at your doorstep um when whatever dates have been discussed. That's me, um, business-wise. Okay. Um, and then, Debra, tell me, do you um, also clean um, heels or you just do um, sneakers? Yes. We do heels. We do heels. But more importantly, what I love is that we do bags. Bags for women has been such a big demand. When we started, yes, like, why yes. did you guys do bags? My bag is so dirty yes. inside. It's a train wreck. Da, 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 da. And now we've mastered doing bags. We didn't take it for the first two years because we're just like, everything is tried and error. Mm-hmm. And we take the time in learning and trying different products before we say, bring your bag just for money. It's not about money for us. It's perfecting an art. Mm. and i've 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 even got very been very sneaky i've sent my sneakers to other shoe laundries and i want to see with him are we washing the same way yeah it's market and come to, and, yes and i'm just and i'm like to you the other day not so long ago actually i think it was last week and i'm like to you i can officially say we don't wash babe with valet because wow i really am a seekers on my land from this laundry that's that's what happened and so that's what we did for bags we took the time in learning and now we i can say we've <laughs> we've gotten it right we also hopefully hopefully have our product out next year because i feel a business is nothing without a product Yes. you're more than just a service it's always about the product because mm-hmm. anybody at, at the end of the day can deliver the service but who has your product is the most important part and so now clean group is also now working with a couple of people by chemists in 
developing our product or well perfecting it we have it we've been using it for the past six years and now it's just getting it um patented and so forth and perfected to be put out in, in the market mm. great um your son Lulibo. Lulibo. what is that a closer name or Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Husband's closer, so yeah. It's a very it's unique closer. name. I'm closer. I've never heard of it. No, Yazid. A lot of people, even I'm a closer themselves. Le, le, I have to go into like deep Eastern Cape to say for them to say, oh, that's Ulibo. But in Jelai, Pambili, the surfaces, even in Jovic, it's like Ulibo. Are you sure it's closer? And I'm like, uh, guys. <laughs> Yes. Um, so he is two or three years now. What um, are values um, when it comes to finances would you like to instill in him? He's two and we already have a piggy bank before him. We already have a piggy bank, a cute piggy bank. And every time he, so I don't know where he got it from. We don't know where he got, yeah, gets it from Iturand. Hmm. 3,000 rand because he says mommy I have 2,999 and I'm like where did you get 3,000 rand from <laughs> and uh, if it's not two, if it's not three, if it's not 2,999 it's 200 so it's also mommy I have 2,999 or I have 200 and every time it's like okay take 2,999 and put it in the piggy bank so we can buy chocolate and fruits at the end when daddy comes back or at the end of the week it's so weird how when you install something in a child they get it they may mm. fuss and complain for the first week or so but eventually it's and it becomes a norm for them so me and you are big savers and we're wanting to install in that and then taking maybe a rand or two rand out of the two nine nines he's put in the whole week to then reward himself mm. So going back in, going back to my Guti, I would have loved if I had really learned Guti, it's okay to reward yourself. Yeah. Healthy without damaging the bank. So we have this little piggy bank. His dad always makes sure to umnigi turan because turans are a big thing for him. So he turan is sitting and or maybe his grandfather. And then we slots it into the piggy bank like every day because he gets them every day if not from us he gets them from his aunts or his grandfathers and he just chucks it in there and so it's just getting him used to the fact that you need to put away money and i think every fundament every the the adults we become is what was instilled when we were babies Mm, we're children or toddlers so if it's a trauma we become the adult of trauma if it's uh, health, we become an adult of health and love. So those are the things I'm trying to now re- do better. And also, re- I also feel like maybe if my parents had a little thing for me where I could have put on put in my 50 cents, mm. saving would have been much more easier than painful as an adult. Because yes. as adults now, I mean, only you think of from there and I know what I could do. It becomes a painful thought. But if I started it from Lulibo's age, it wouldn't be. Yes. But even growing up in a Christian background, 
with tithing, it's also helped knowing that that 10% has to go out. But in the beginning, it was a very painful thing because you're thinking 10%, yo, I, to, this time, so, so me and my husband made it a, a, a debit order. Mm. We say, okay, 10% comes out. And those are the fundamental things we want to teach. Okay. Um, thank you so much for your time, um, Lebo. Um, I think um, the last thing would be, how can people get hold of you on uh, social media? I'm always available. Well, I think if my DMs are not flooded as usual, I'm sorry for for replying so late. It, yeah, my inbox is a mess. I go marital advice. I go marital advice. So, Jay, it's flooded. So I just sometimes it's just like I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed, mm. and then I miss such request or if I did say sometimes I'm like okay noted coming back I never do because I then can't find the person yes if I can't find the person it totally slips my mind but anyway I'm so sorry for the delayed response no I read it and I, read, I was with my husband when I read it like this sounds really nice I'd love to do it Uh, one on Instagram. On Twitter, I don't use it much. I use it for banter and to laugh. Um, at El Mechlema Cool. And then on YouTube, at Mechlema Cool, the cool fan. And yeah, that's where you find me. Thank you, Lebo, for your time. And on YouTube, I would recommend that um, the listeners go in um, the first video. I think it's funny now, but I'm sure when it was happening, it was not that funny where you... Uh, share yeah. your experience when you are uh, the lobola process and yes. all the stuff that went wrong and Rianda going yeah. to get his suit. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was just a really funny story, but I'm sure when yeah. it was happening, it was like, this is yeah. crazy. It was, it was trauma back then. <laughs> and now, but that's, that's the joy. And you look at it now. Yes. And you look at it now and you laugh about it and yes. you're like, wow, we made it. It's yes. all about made it. And we keep on making it through the challenges that, I mean, the day-to-day marriage that marriage gives to us and throws at us and just life in general as individuals because mm. at the end of the day, we're individuals. Yes. And even financially, we're individuals. So having, having to learn who the saver and the spender is. And, um, oh, I didn't mention this, sorry. I then learned even Rianda coming from the nine-to-five background and me coming from the the entrepreneurial side I was actually more of the saver than my husband funny enough so having to learn and then I only learned to second year into our marriage mm. like later and I'm like no man we've spoken about strengths and weaknesses but I feel like they are so wrong I feel like I save more I feel like and I can direct our finances properly than you do babe and he luckily, at first he was like, no, 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 you're wrong. But eventually he was like, you're so right. You're so right. You're so right. So then identifying that actually, um, yeah, I'm the, I'm the saver and he's the spender. And my advice closing it off would be couples need to have, families need to have fa- financial meetings. Yes. It's very important. Where do you want, if you have a destination you want to visit, you want you guys to go on a family holiday, bring it up, have a family meeting. 
beginning of the year preferably at the end of the year preferably even mid-year and then you can start planning ahead for it for your child financial chats where do we want him to school mm. how much will it cost us do your research have that date nights have financial meetings at all times and learn each other's strengths to weaknesses those definitely help 